Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pitter Party, the podcast. And today we've got an exciting episode. We've got Jill and Viv, who are both executive producers that me and Ali have been uh, very lucky to meet on our Below Deck adventure. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Don't worry. Ali's here. The new the new mom has managed to make it again, once again. <laughs> I can't believe you're here. <laughs> I know. It's like an eternal struggle trying to time these things. So I'm like, I completely understand how daddy's been feeling the last few months. <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's yeah. Hard. Yeah. I can't even I don't even remember those days. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> blur. Does that make you feel better to know you will forget you like all these schedules and the tracking the pee and the poop and the feeding. Oh my god. You will totally forget you I'm ever so did that. So Distant memory. I'm so excited for that day, to be honest. I love him, I love the cuddles, but I mean the rest of it could do without <laughs> Well, you can't have to go yeah. without the bad. Exactly. That would be too easy. Um, so I guess maybe, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, maybe do you both, uh, maybe Jill, maybe you go first, maybe introduce yourself, let people know a bit about yourself and where you are. Uh, yeah, kind of a bit about your your job, I guess. I mean, I know nothing about TV producing, so I personally think it's fascinating. Um, well, I'm Jill. Hi. Uh, I live in LA, like a lot of TV people. Uh, I, I mainly produce uh, unscripted reality shows. I've had the pleasure of working with you lovely ladies <laughs> on Below Deck Sailing Out Season 2. So we haven't just met. We've worked very closely together very closely. Uh, for a while. Very intimately. And well, you, tend- you worked closely with us. <laughs> We didn't work so closely with you. You know a lot more about us than we know about you. Fair point. Fair point. I guess that's true. Um, but I think we know a lot about each other at this point, right? It's like a very, it's a very up close and personal kind yeah. of job. Well, I think um, we're learning our growth with you guys is a little bit slower. Yours is quite quick. <laughs> you get you get to know us <laughs> real quick. And um, yeah, at this stage, I think we, we definitely know more about each other. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I do. I, uh, I sort of jump show to show, um, and show run whatever's needed. So that's, that's what I do. And what about you, Viv? Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Viv. Um, I am also, uh, an executive producer with Jill. Uh, Jill and I work together on Below Deck Sailing Yacht too, uh, with you lovely ladies as we've all just announced. And yeah, we, I live in LA um same thing we're just you know i feel like we're lucky to do a job where you know we we laugh a lot (laughs) um (laughs) and our job is mainly just personal human relationships and you know and i i guess you know what kind of led you to that point like you know did you go to university did you wake up one day in university and say you know this is what i want to do i want to work specifically in reality was it something you knew as a child? You know, how do you even begin to, you know, does your career lead you there? And then, you know, where did you decide you wanted to be an EP? I mean, for me, because it's never anything I've aspired to. And to be honest, I didn't even know it was a job. I kind of just presumed these things appeared on TV. Um, I didn't really realize that the, the team that went behind it um, and, and, obviously takes a creative mind i don't have a creative mind <laughs> so you know what, i think you do yeah did you you go to did you go to university to study like how did how did you get to where you are now um my, i bet we go, go ahead Jill. Viv, yeah. no no go ahead no i was gonna say i bet we both have pretty different journeys that strangely mm-hmm. led us to the same place that's right um so go ahead Viv. you go first i mean my my story isn't as interesting as jill but uh i went to school for english literature and i just knew that i loved reading i loved writing um i'm your stereotypical korean daughter who wanted to make her parents proud so i went to law school even though i didn't want to become a lawyer (laughs) um i applied to law school and then i decided i don't want to be a lawyer i want to do something creative and so i packed up all my bags uh, graduated 
from the University of Colorado at Boulder. And then I drove straight to L.A. and found a job bringing coffee to a bunch of executive producers. Um, and I realized, wow, this is such a fascinating job. I, you know, I had no idea what I could do. Um, and through several trips to Starbucks, um, I discovered that I, I, every day was interesting and exciting and I just wanted to be a part of it. And then I just worked my way up to become the EP that I am today. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's very cool. It's interesting because I always knew people studied English literature and I never knew what possible jobs they were going to get with that degree. I um, didn't either. I thought I thought I would be a teacher for a while. Um, I just knew that I loved reading and writing. That's really all I knew going into it. And so I feel like this this job became a blessing because it's so much fun. Mm, better than being yeah, a teacher. True. Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, perhaps no not the teachers, the teachers out there, right? Yeah, F teachers out there. You know, we're over here having all the fun. We're raising our children. Yes, you thank you. Go, thank you so much. While we go and work on both. Yeah, you're, you're raising the reprobates that are going to go on to reality yeah. show. And yeah, that's you know, right. It's all a team effort. Like, you guys are probably that's right. more brassy behavior, I expect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, there's like, but our disciplinary measures are very different, so. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask, actually, um, how long, Viv, have you been, how long did it take you to work your way up? Like, what was your timeline there? Oh, gosh, I was 22 when I moved to L.A., um, and I'm now 41. Um, and so, you know, I, it took me a long time to discover what it is that I really wanted to do, um, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I definitely stayed in a comfortable position as a producer for a long time because yeah, I think I just got lost in the fun of it all. But, um, yeah, there was this, definitely a certain point where I was like, wait a minute, I can do what they're doing. I got it kind this. of reminds me a bit of, um, Danny in our series and you know it was like why aren't you never cheat you and she's like well why would I do that when I mm-hmm. can be a second to you and have another responsibility I was like oh, I exactly. never actually thought of it like that <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah that was and I kind of reminds me of that I was like because where it was I was different I always wanted to be you know a cheat you or whatever but then it was interesting nope. to see it from another side I was like yeah there is a lot of responsibility yeah the I saw I saw a lot of my bosses stressed out <laughs> never seeing their families and I was like they're idiots so I'm happy and comfortable <laughs> and I have a social life I'm gonna stay here and what about you um you Jill what was how was your story you know how did you get into your position what was your drive, um, desire? Well, I, Daisy, am a little more like you. I am that idiot <laughs> who, thought, who was like blinded by ambition and needed to drive in a forward direction as fast as possible in a forward and upward direction. Um, so I did study TV and film production in college. I went to Syracuse University, which I loved, uh, even though it's covered in snow most of the year. Um, I graduated and, and this was a long time ago. I too arrived in LA when I was 22, like Viv, uh, two weeks out of college. I moved here. I'm from Pittsburgh, which for those of you across the pond is basically on the other side of the country from LA. Um, and I was like a little sheltered suburban idiot. I didn't know anything. (laughs) I had never been to Los Angeles. I didn't have a place to live out here. I didn't have a job and I didn't really know anybody. And, uh, and that seemed like a good place to just head blindly. So (laughs) I packed my car with anything that would fit in it. And I drove across the country, like I'm going to move to LA and make all my dreams come true. (laughs) And my parents were like, you're out of your, yeah, you're out of your GD mind. Um, at that time, you could you didn't have MapQuest. So uh, to get here, my mother and I went to uh, AAA where they give you a map and they stamp yellow arrows on it. Like, follow these giant highways to LA. So I followed that. 
Um, <laughs> upon arriving in L.A., uh, a gracious person that I went to college with was going to let me sleep on his couch. And he said, uh, while you're here, and I, so I, I pull out the highway. Uh, he's working in an office in Santa Monica, which I thought was the most glorious place I'd ever seen in my little Pittsburgh life. Um, and so I go in the office to get the keys to his apartment because I'm going to sleep on his couch. And he's like, while you're here, why don't you meet my boss? Uh, he also went to Syracuse, and that's how I knew this guy. We all went to Syracuse together. I don't know, I'm going to pimp a guy out right now. His name is Rob LaPlante. Um, and he was, and Viv has worked with him also, so it's a small world. Uh, and he was working on a show that had not yet aired called The Apprentice. Um, and so I go in, and I'm like, hey, I just pulled off the highway. I don't know what I'm doing here. And he's like, do you know what you want to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. I would have like shoveled shit or done anything. Um, and he's like, well, I'm running this. I'm running casting on the show called The Apprentice. Um, I don't even know if I can hire you, but I just feel like you're good at talking to people. So let's see. And so within an hour of pulling off the highway, I was hired as a casting associate on the first season of The Apprentice. So I call home and I'm like, Hey, mom and dad, I made it to L.A. They're like, oh, my God, thank God. Our daughter's driving across the country alone. I was like, I, uh, I got a job uh, on an NBC show with, like, Donald Trump and Mark Burnett. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and so that's how I got into reality. Wow. That, that was so much fun. I just stayed. I just stayed. I eventually moved from casting into producing, which is sort of like insider baseball you know, positions that we have here. And, uh, and, and that's where I got my start and have been ever since. So I feel like your yeah. story is a little bit different. I always imagine people kind of doing what Viv did turn up in LA. Well, you know, the beginning in the car, but then like, you know, you always see in the movies that they're just like with the disheveled hair, like running around with coffee and stuff. You actually got a real life job. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's I true. mean, within a week I was like, traveling the country helping to cast the show now i was like the low man on the totem pole there i wasn't i wasn't like running that department by any means but no but still a job a a paycheck not a not an intern per se and yeah very cool i feel like you know i know both of you ladies have always said during the show that you know it is really similar um your kind of parallel universe with yachties and those stories are kind of mm-hmm. similar to yachting. That's what you do. You turn up in a country. You don't know anyone. That's what I did. Um, and kind of going, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know I'm planning and working on one of these boats, like where it leads me to. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind of similar in that sense. So I, I think our jobs are so similar. It's something I know so we've talked true. about it, but I don't. But I guess for the folks listening at home, what producing is and what the Yachties do is exactly the same. We even both wear walkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're mm-hmm. all working behind the scenes to like put together a show for people mm-hmm. um, that that shouldn't even know we're there. Uh, we live on the road. We have like crazy schedules. Your work is your life. When you're coming up through, you hook up with your crewmates. Uh, <laughs> it's all like so parallel. Yeah. So I think that's why. I don't know. I think that's why our relationships are always so good. Like we get you. Yeah. Where are you? Mm-hmm. It yeah, would be you really guys. Interesting yeah. to have a show that is a show about the show, a show about production. <laughs> What's going on? Because I feel like you guys have just as much drama as we're having in the foreground. Honestly, I think I ask Jill this question all the time. I I'm like, what's wrong with us? What's <laughs> wrong with us that we work this hard? For so many hours, leave our families <laughs> and grind to do this job. What is wrong with us? Wrong with and, uh, we have the disease. <laughs> Whatever this disease is, we all have it. <laughs> well, I find your right. job, honestly fascinating like I you know you can kind of turn up onto blow deck and I don't know about Ali but for me I was like I have no idea how the show comes together and that was one of the reasons why I did it I was like you know I'm sick of my world I want to see another world and um yeah so you know you've you know 40 people on production or whatever it is and and I I didn't really think about it but when I saw it I was like oh I guess this makes sense but never really 
yeah, I kind of took the time to even think about it. And it really was, it's so incredible to see mm. how you guys put the show together. And um, obviously, as we can tell everyone over and over again, it is not scripted. I'm like, <laughs> I always feel so sorry for you guys. I'm like, I'm so sorry that you have to listen to us drown on for our first hour. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do. On one hand, I'm like, it, I think it's such a fascinating job, and I'm like, man, you know, in another life, I would have loved to have done that. But on the other side, I'm like, honestly, so many times I've had conversations, and all I can think about is Jill and Viv having to listen to us, just be <laughs> kind of like a lawyer, like sifting through crap. I'm like, oh, that must be so boring. <laughs> Well, the good news is on the other side of it, we have a fast forward button. For some of that, we won't listen to it twice. <laughs> so like, was enough. I, like, oh God, she, I don't know. She's going on about this shit again. Or just fast I feel forward. like at times when, um, when uh, Daisy seems to send more voice notes than anyone I've ever met. So in our WhatsApp group, Danny and I are consistently fast forwarding her voice notes hey guys so uh, like okay double time <laughs> oh i talk in circles like i literally talk in circles i could say something in a three word sentence i'll do it in a 30 word sentence like I, my, my english teacher used to say it. She's, she's like your mind is clearly going faster than your hand your because she's like what you're saying doesn't make sense because I have so much going on in my head and I'm like trying to get it all out so I feel like that's the way I talk as well um, and I guess you know the other kind of side of it is for me what's really interesting obviously you're both in kind of you know high power positions what it was like as women to get there and um, you know and both young women like I find it yeah I just think it's super cool that you're in charge of this you know huge show in the US because it's quite um, a male-dominated industry, isn't it? It's getting oh, yeah. better, is the answer. I, I do think Viv and I came up in an interesting time. I mean, we've both been at this for about 20 years, um, which makes us sound so old. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it definitely, the business is different now than when I first started and was coming up through. Wow. And it definitely was a boys club and mm -hmm. you definitely contended with that. And, and it was unapologetically so. Um, and I think we could probably both list off numerous stories of the things people have either said about us or directly to us questioning our abilities. Um, but I think the good news is, is that it, it's getting better. It's gotten better. Mm. Um, what about you, Viv? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember the Me Too movement was gaining some headway. I, I won't speak for you, but I felt like, oh, okay, finally. <laughs> you know, it, wow. it uh, was all coming out when, when we were absolutely living it for quite some time. So, um, yeah, it is, like Jill said, it's getting better. And um, definitely... Uh, you know, a lot of empowering women are in, in, in big positions now and diversity is huge and, um, yeah, a lot of good changes. Definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess the way that. I kind of saw it was, you know, for me, like there are a million super yachts and, you know, all of them are female chief shoes and, you know, male captains and the way I kind of saw your position, I was like, there's not that many reality shows big reality shows in the US. I know you have a handful, maybe what, 20 huge reality shows, if even. So I mean, for two women to be, is am I wrong to say like two women to be EPs of a huge reality show? And we're just talking about Below Deck Sailing, obviously there's the other two franchises as well. But to me, that kind of feels like a big deal. It is. Again, it, it has gotten better. So truthfully, every franchise in the Below Deck family has a female EP, um, whether that's rare or not, perhaps. Um, but it is becoming it is becoming more of the norm. I mean, definitely when I was a young producer coming up through that, it was much rarer. Um, and you would have women in certain positions, but to be like the number one EP boots on the ground, that was rarer. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, it's gotten better for all of us, really. Yeah. In that way. That's awesome. And how do you feel? Do you feel like even being as EPs, you know, obviously you're managing this huge team and with, you know, obviously a lot of strong people involved. Do you feel as women, like you have obstacles facing, you know, sexism or do you think you you get the respect from the male um kind of staff I, I, that you deserve i mean i know i know only from my own experience i get challenges from you know male people on a boat because i sometimes feel like because i'm female just like any industry and mm. um, so you know i'm just kind of going off you don't know what you're talking about so i'm just curious as to see you know if your experience is you feel like you're respected in your positions. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you feel like you are. I mean, to me, I mean, we have to absolutely acknowledge the female showrunners and, and um, production company owners like Mary Ellis Bunim, who, you know, started Bunim and Murray Productions, who started Real World, Road Rules, you know, um, Sally and Salsano. I mean, I could go on and on about a bunch of um, executive women that have paved the way for us, for sure. Um, but you know, I will say the job of a showrunner is so multifaceted that, I mean, I might be, you know, stepping on some toes by saying this, but it requires, you know, the multitaskers. Yeah, multitasking <laughs> that women are actually was, incredibly good I, at. Look, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you know, I feel like it. Do you think women are kind of generally not normally, but maybe better suited to the role of because of multitasking? Or <laughs> I'll say this: here's here's a lesson I feel like I've learned recently. I feel like each show requires a different kind of showrunner. For sure. So to blanket say like women are better or men are better or whatever, I think what I've learned is sometimes a show requires a certain type of personality. Some shows require a showrunner who can handle difficult talent, right? That's a man or a woman. And that talent might respond differently to men and women. Sometimes a show requires people that can manage ensemble talent, like what we have on Below Deck. Sometimes it requires someone who is really good with formats. So it really, it's, it's like, um, strangely, it's a skill and personality fit. Mm. As, what I've discovered over the years, as opposed to being like male, female, uh, fitting into certain categories or whatever. It really is like who has the personality traits and the experience and skill set to manage this particular show. Absolutely. And who, ha whose strengths, you know, outweigh their weaknesses for that particular show for sure. Um, cause you know, we, we may be so great at certain things and, and not so great, but then we have a team of people behind us supporting us as well. And, um, yeah, it takes so many people to make a show like Below Deck Sailing Out, for example. It's, um, yeah, we're just definitely. lucky enough to, to, lead, to lead the team of talented mm. people. No, definitely. Yeah. We see, yeah, we obviously got an insight into how the show was put together. And like I said, it, for me, it was a a huge learning curve and I had no idea um and I definitely yeah. think you guys work harder than we do <laughs> we got <laughs> we the said easy. that so many times actually through the season we were like looking at you guys and just in awe of how hard you work and we think that we work hard but you guys are one up above us all the time especially the cameramen on those tiny boats with those narrow boys oh my god those heavy cameras <laughs> no, I, always felt, <laughs> I felt so bad when i complain and i was just like I, and i really yes. did I, to, I always say a million times i'm like i feel so bad when i complain because i know you guys are working way harder than we are so. <laughs> i mean the, the crew <laughs> The, the crew. crew on Below Deck, particularly, but just about any show, they're they're incredible. incredible like yeah. I, I couldn't do what they do. They amaze me every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's to get the shots they're getting and and uh, for audio to be listening and moving gear and running. I yeah. mean, they're, they're really incredible. It's and insane. You're right. They're impressive every day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely and agree. And it comes down to you guys, where you, you, we had a lot about interviews. We were 
were being conducted by either you, Jill, or you, Viv. It usually was one of the two of you most often. And I think there is a real art to doing those interviews. And when it comes down to, um, like, the social skill that it takes from both of you, I found that really interesting um, to be a part of and to be on the receiving end. And, I mean, is there some sort of preparation or evolution that you either of you got to to be able to learn that art yes getting time in the chair yes getting time in the chair this is going to be some inside baseball this is like to our tv producer friends here (laughs) getting time in the chair doing interviews and then having to take those very interviews that you've done and use them in a show that to me is the best way to truly learn what you need out of an interview. Cause what we're really doing, well, the first part of the interview is we're trying to just get you to be yourselves and be honest about the experience that you're having in the moment, right? And you probably felt that And any time where you're not, where you're trying to evade something or trying to joke through it instead of being <laughs> honest, you'll know, we start to kick the tires of that. Yeah. You've been through that with us. But the other thing that you just get better at just by reps in the chair is you start editing it in your head. You can start to hear what we're, we're not just actively listening to what you're saying. We're actively listening. Like, did that sentence have a top to it? Like, did that sentence have a subject to it that makes sense? And that's why sometimes we're like, can you just say X, Y, and Z at the top? Wow. That, That is something that as much as you can try to prepare someone for, just until you've done the reps at it, you you just don't know what you're looking for in that chair mm-hmm. until you're on the other side. That's I so think that's, that's my opinion on interviewing for this art form. No, I, agree. I mean, everyone knows my experience in the chair was very challenging for everybody <laughs> involved. <laughs> so you made it yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but Daisy, you got so good at it, right? I think eventually you start to see like what we're looking for. I you got you got really I did. good. At I did. I got it, and like I always joke, I'm like, the quicker I gave you what you needed, the quicker I was gonna get out of there. So I like, God just give her whatever she needs. But no, I completely, and that for me was definitely super fascinating. And we all talk about it being like it's almost like you're, you know, your psychologist there, and. You know, mm. like you said, you know, you're always trying to get the the spin end or the top, but it's not scripted. You're just trying to get the what we're trying to say, but in a snappy kind of sentence. And I know for me, I don't I haven't interviewed with Viv that many times, but I interviewed mainly with Jill last year. And people would be like, Oh my god, your one liners are so funny. And I'm like, they took hours to get there. I'm like, it eventually <laughs> was what I wanted to say. But you know, it was a real team effort. I don't walk in there being like, you know, the funniest person ever. I'm like, I wish I was that quick. But you know, it's a whole process to get there and it's definitely a teamwork. Um which yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to see that process and how you get these really important one-liners. And, you know, you always say the interviews are the most important. And I don't think the viewers know. I know as a viewer, I didn't realize how important those um, interviews were. So, yeah, that for me was very much an experience. I got there. (laughs) And if if I can give credit, Ali, you're one of the most natural interviewees I've ever worked with, (laughs) truly. Like... You, you, yes, you show up, you're fully yourself and you just like, you're really great. You're like truly a star at it. So it's, wor- it's worth noting. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think, yeah. I think the main goal when we do those interviews is just to get, like Jill said, just to get you comfortable, just to get you mm-hmm. understanding that all we want is for you to be yourself because the minute you try to be somebody else, Oh, and yeah. everyone can sniff that out instantly. And then, you know, you force us how- to tell your story. And you don't want us to tell your story because we don't know you as well as you know yourself. So, <laughs> And how um, would you maintain that like, either? I mean, it's, it's too You can't. You, you would be yeah. surprised to know how many people try. Well, this is yeah. what I just think <laughs> is so fascinating about your job you know I I go into an experience like below deck and I think about myself because we're all narcissists at the end of the day so I'm just like me 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 I'm like what am I doing on below deck um and I think you guys as as 
executive producers and being that, you know, taking that task role of, of being a storyteller and seeing ourselves. I've, I just find that freaked me out that you knew me better than I knew myself. And it wouldn't matter, you know, what role people tried to play or uh, what story they tried to give you. You know, I feel like that me and Ali both strongly agree that that our representations of each character was pretty spot on, at least from the experience we had in Below Deck. And uh, yeah, I just I'm always like, God, I'd love to hear the shit that everyone says to Jill and Viv. I'm like, because I only get a snippet of it. And then you just sit there for hours listening to all of us bang on. And you must just sit there going, wow, you're just so full of shit. I don't know. I don't know. The hell is shit part. Not too many people come to that. Like when they do, it's our job to get past that, right? Like you can't just, it's real hard to feed someone bullshit for four hours. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those interviews are long. And like, like we're talking about at a certain point, it's just easier to tell the truth. It's just easier. Well, I guess that's why you're kind of like psychologists because your job is to make them feel comfortable and to make them, I guess, feel vulnerable where it's easy for them to come to me and kind of spin me a line. Whereas, yeah, like we're in there for, like for people who don't know, we're always hungover because it's always the day after we've been out. And it's hot because the lights and the camera. And yeah, you're in there for four, you know, to five hours. And you are, and like I said, I just gave, you know, you need it because it is, you're tired. So I was just like, oh, whatever. I was like, yeah, I was like, this person's an idiot. And you're like, hey, we're there. <laughs> to be fair, most of the time we're trying to convince you that, yes, this is what happened. And this is what you said. Tell us how you feel about it. And you'd be like, just because you were drunk. We're really just jogging your memory. That's so team effort you know you need so many people um to run this production team and it takes a a lot of different levels of skill and contribution does it bother you when you see um post airing of the show at times some cast members can kind of almost take credit like it's their show or they're the one who makes it successful or does it sort of Does that ever phase you or bother you? No. Not really for me. I expect we're behind the camera for a reason, right? And we, we've chosen to be invisible. And as the mouthpieces of the show that you are, we expect you to run with that role. And there are some like, there are some talent out there that acts like there is no crew and maybe at times that's offensive but not in a way that personally bothers me yeah it just means we did a good job (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) if they're taking credit for their behavior that we represented them correctly and they're proud of it then everyone's happy yeah (laughs) i guess in line with that what about the cast members who blame they're editing mm. on you guys. Also fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, it's it's hard. I think it's hard for some people to have a mirror held up to them. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that mirror is edited. And that mirror is, we're not playing the show in real time. You can both tell everyone how boring that would actually be if we aired all six straight weeks of the TV unedited. <laughs> Um, and so I do think it's hard for some people to like truly see themselves and that, that part might feel unfair. And I feel like that's where that reaction is coming from. But just so you know, like behind the scenes, I am never personally angry or offended about any of the things that we're getting called out for, because I believe we've acted in integrity. And I believe that we've really put in an effort to tell the stories that we think are true. And we're not out to get anyone or anything like that. And so I, I really don't take offense. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way. To, that's a definitely an interesting way to look at it. And I think I like, you know, can relate to that, that there's been decisions, you know, whether it be in Below Deck or in previous life that I've made, but I can sleep well at night because I still feel like I can stand by the decisions I've made and that they were within good intention. And I can see that. And like me and Ali have said, we felt like everyone was represented um, fairly in our show. Yes, of course, sometimes there was more of a backstory or there was a reason why it led up to that. But the essence of what was shown was there. Um, mm, yeah. You know, just not all the boring stuff around it. And um, yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Like kind of being true to yourself, then you can sleep well at night and the rest mm -hmm. kind of goes over your head. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like also there's, um, there can be a bit of a stigma with reality TV. I mean, there's so many variations of reality TV. And there's, I, when I watch something like The Bachelor, and you sort of feel like the people are being exploited a little bit. Can you guys tell us how Below Deck differs from that stigma? Because I definitely believe it does, especially from experiencing it firsthand. Jill, you want to take this one? <laughs> you want me to take this one? Okay. Um, well, I look, I think each show has its own production challenges, right? So um, I don't want to use Bachelor as an example because I haven't worked on it and I can't mm -hmm. speak to it, but mm -hmm. I have worked on formatted shows that are similar. And I think it's that, look, the difference is that some of the setups of the show are a little more constructed because they have to be. Um, and so, yes, we've built a, a soundstage on some of these shows and, and people are living on a soundstage. And so it's not the same as you guys living on an actual boat where you actually would be working anyway, right? And like, we didn't build a set for you to live on. You actually would work there. And so it's, uh, it's just a little different per show. And so we're lucky in that the folks that founded this show, which by the way, are not Viv and I, um, it's a whole bunch of other people who created the show and who figured this out. They figured out that the best way to tell this show is to just truly follow you doing your jobs. And so we're lucky, we're lucky that that, that integrity that I'm talking about is built into the storytelling. But other shows, you just naturally can't have that. And I don't fault them for that. I don't think that that makes that a worse show or a bad show. That's just the challenges of that show is that they, they don't happen to exist in an actual workplace where we're just docu style following people. So it's just, it's different. So yes. would it be safe to say, I mean, I've never thought about this before, but would it be safe to say that Below Deck is one of the most real reality shows out there? It's definitely one of the real reality shows out there. Um, there's a lot of really good doc follow shows that certainly Below Deck stands up alongside. Um, and that's everything from gritty shows. You know, Intervention is a show that I had the pleasure of working on as a producer. That really much show. is in the vein of Below Deck in that it is hands off. It is very truly docu-follow. That's not scripted in any way. Uh, there's a lot of good documentary type shows out there. I think what sets Below Deck apart is that it it gets to be a docu-follow and a comedy mm -hmm. and a little bit of soap <laughs> opera, right? So it's like, it's very layered and, mm -hmm. and fun in that way that we get to do like true doc storytelling, but in a really kitschy yeah. way. In a kind um, of fun, like and, trashy and usually, kind of, you know, step away and i've always said that my favorite thing about below deck is how funny it is i loved our show yeah i really love it <laughs> so we're lucky we're lucky a lot of true follow docs are gritty and like really like difficult right it's these mm. really sort of like hard hitting stories mm. yeah, yeah I, I would say too I would say, too, you know, with social media and everything, you know, the shows that were on the air, the reality shows, for example, the first show I ever worked on, which was Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav, I mean, the women back then weren't exactly promoting themselves. I mean, they were they were genuinely excited to go try and date a celebrity, whereas, you know, if that show were to air today, I mean, people would show up with all sorts of different agendas because of social mm. media and things of that nature. And so um, I would say to answer your question, Allie, with the 
exploitation of it all. I mean, I think kind of is what our society is today. I mean, mm. I don't know. Would you say that's 10, 15 years in the making now? I mean, yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think unfortunately some of the people want to exploit themselves. <laughs> you're just, yeah, maybe you're just, it works both ways. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you're just helping them. You're not, kind of people volunteering, go, you exploit, you exploit me. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm back, we'll give you a job. I'm quite curious to know, like, a little bit of a filmography of, like, the history of what each of you have worked on, because it sounds like, I mean, if I, I watched Flavor of Love and all the Rock of Love and all of that back then, because I'm such a TV, like, <laughs> well, Ali loves it all. I love it. But, I mean, uh, Intervention, I used to watch that too. Would you um, each be able to give us a bit of... A bit of a rundown of your history, Jill, if you wanted to go first. Well, Jill's definitely yeah, so... done a lot of uh, highbrow, I would say, reality shows. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. No, I was fortunate uh, enough to get on the uh, Flavor of Love, you know, 51 Minds. Um, I've been with this company for many, many years and um, lucky enough to learn everything I know. Um, from the founders of this company. And um, so, yes, the real life, they started the surreal life, uh, Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, I Love New York. I mean, they were just a factory back then. Um, I mean, they still are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did a lot of the celeb reality dating shows. I did Chad Ochocinco's Ultimate Catch. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Uh, the Game, a lot of... Um, a lot of rappers, Brett Michaels, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did X Life with a bunch of. Um, a favorites? Do you have like a favorite? A favorite. Yeah. A favorite. Um, probably a show that was only on the air for a few episodes. Um, it was called Same Name, where a, it was on CBS, where a civilian and a celebrity would swap lives. Um, who had the same name. So uh, David Hasselhoff was an episode. Um, Mike Tyson. Oh. Um, yeah. So, How did you not yeah, that was a fun show. I'm a whole myriad of complications within <laughs> the production side of things. Um, but yeah, I wish I wish that show could keep going. It was super fun. Again, fascinating. I'm like, how, exactly. How do you even produce a show like that? Like, I can't even begin to comprehend. A lot of you... talented people. That's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And what about... Just put together one block at a time. <laughs> is the answer. See, I like walking onto boats that are already established. I like being like, yeah, okay, this boat's been running well for 20 years. I will slot myself right in. Yeah, so I wouldn't be very good at that. Um, what about you, Jill? What has kind of been your history? Um, so I started working on The Apprentice, as I mentioned, and then I've worked on shows like The Biggest Loser, uh, Intervention, as I mentioned. Oh, I love The Biggest um, Loser. Is that the one where they lost all the weight? Yeah. yeah that was the one I watched. I love that. That is going on. I don't watch that um, show, so. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching back in the day. Um, a show called Bar Rescue. And then eventually landed here on Below Deck. There were a bunch of other shows in between, but I would say those are the shows I had a significant amount of time on that either shaped me as a producer or an interviewer or a showrunner or any of the above. So a favorite. Yeah, it's been a very again, they're favorite for different reasons. Like I loved the apprentice experience because A, it was my first foray into the working world. And it it allowed me to interview thousands of people in the casting process, like talking about getting those reps in the chair. Um, I truly believe I'm a better interview for it. And mm. so I'm grateful that a lot of us that work together on that show are still good friends. Like that's how bonding that experience was. Um, I'm grateful for to Intervention for teaching me a new style of storytelling um, in, in really powerful ways. That team was like phenomenal and amazing and they were super highbrow and like very intelligent and I learned so much from them. I'm grateful to Bar Rescue because I really feel like I sort of sharpened my show running teeth on that show um, and grew up a lot on that show. Um, and so, 
Yeah, again, for all different reasons. I can't choose a favorite, you guys. No, that's well, except for Blowdeck Sailing, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just say the easy answer is obviously Blowdeck Sailing. Can I ask? Specifically working with you two, highlight of my career. Oh, <laughs> well, now I know you're being sarcastic. <laughs> Can I ask a question that so many people probably want to ask? Have you got any sort of relationship with Donald Trump now? Uh, no, me no. 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 Other people on that show do. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I was like a, I was just like a very low person on the totem pole. I am not, I am not good for information. Um, and the so, insider information no. Presidente. I, I don't have, I don't have any more than what is already known. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting here on a bag of secrets, uh, by any means. No, no whistleblowing here today, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> um, and I get, I mean, we're kind of running out of time, but I guess the last thing, you know, I would be interested in asking, and obviously if Ali has any more questions, is, you know, I know you're both moms, um, and, you know, what that, what does that mean being, you know, for anyone who's interested in becoming a TV producer or anything that's, a, you know, a high powered position as a woman and as a mom, you know, what does that mean for you? What do, do you know, do you feel like you would have been further in your career? How do you think you've done it? Has it, do you get what I'm asking? Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. Because I think, yeah. it's, I think it's great. And I think it's a, it's a huge inspiration night to everyone. You know, Ali's a new mom and I love, you know, women being in positions like you and still having the family, still having the, you know, kind of the dream and doing it all. Viv, I'm, I'm going to let you go first because you're a mom first and you're a mom twice. <laughs> uh, yes. And so I'll let you take this one first. Mom of two boys, four and seven. Um, I, to be quite honest, I left the industry for uh, two years because I didn't think it was possible to do what this job uh, requires of you and also raise children at the same time. A lot of... Um, the women above me either uh, sacrificed having a family or were struggling to get pregnant because um, they just waited um, to have children and uh, were going through the IVF process. And so I thought, well, there's my answer. I'm going to leave the industry and, and start a family. And I did. And uh, the, it pulled me back because it was really the only job that creatively um, – you know, inspired me. And, uh, I thought, okay, well, I know I can be a producer and, and work in post-production and, you know, still raise a child and have my weekends and be done early, you know, some nights, most nights. Um, and then after having, uh, after my firstborn was, um, getting older, I thought, wait, I can do this. He's okay. You know, he's in daycare now. I have more time. And then, Oh, you know what? I'm going to add another challenge and have another baby <laughs> and I'm going to try to move up. And now I'm losing my mind. No, um, now I'm trying to uh, juggle all of it. It's difficult every day, but um, you figure it out. You know, you figure out when you can work, when you should dedicate your time with your children, when, you know, you can find some time for yourself and, I'm not perfect by any means, you know, my children definitely have more screen time than they probably should, although <laughs> I justify because I have screen time every single day, yeah. so. They'll, they'll become producers themselves, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back for anything. I think it's good for my kids to see me just pursuing what I love and, and working hard and. Just trying to make it work. Hopefully, in the end, they don't resent me. <laughs> no, they weren't. Viv is a Viv is a graceful multitasker and a dedicated mom. I can say that. Have you seen it firsthand? Look, I was grew up with au pairs, nannies, boarding school. I think I turned out okay. I definitely didn't resent anyone. <laughs> if anyone, I was like super grateful for it all. So everyone else is like, "Oh, my mom and dad were at home at six every day." I'm like, "Ugh." I'm like, "Ugh." Sounds awful. <laughs> Parenting. I'm like, we're all friends still. I'm like, oh, that, that, we would not be friends if we had dinner every night around my child. But, 
<laughs> you always have and a way of making me, someone feel better, Dave. <laughs> and it made me a great cheese stew, you know, like I was, you know, cleaning my bathroom, doing my laundry at like 10. It was great. Everyone else's mom was there. And I was like, no, no, I was I had under control. So you know, your, your children will turn out great. I'm telling you, they'll be very, very proud of you both. and very grateful. Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Jill? What's um, my... your perspective? My parenthood story um, is is just that I'm very lucky. I have a husband with a flexible job. And so the way I've been able to navigate it is my family has thankfully just come with me. When my daughter was a tiny four-month-old infant, I was working on below deck med at the time. And my whole family as a unit just came with me. They came with me to France. Um, my husband came with me to Italy. Uh, the first season of Below Deck Sailing Out when we were in Corfu, they came out then and we lived for the duration there. And it's not easy. And it is only because I have a very strong support system that I've just been able to like plow through and stay in the field and do all of this. So um, the short answer is I'm not doing it alone. Okay. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not Wonder Woman. I do need help. And I am lucky to have a husband who's willing to do that. And a daughter who uh, had no choice. Uh, she was in a stroller and we threw her on a plane. And so Show me. how that will affect her, we'll find out. I'll to, you know, stay tuned for how that one turns out. No, she'll turn out amazing. Oh, and I love that. You know, I think, you know, for anyone, like I said, I think it's, it's you know, great inspiration. I think the key is to take away that, like, Absolutely. if you want it, you can find a way to make it work. Obviously, for you know, it's not for everyone and, and that's okay as well. But I think if people have aspirations, it's good to say, you know, never say never or no, I can't mm-hmm. do you it. Both, it's impossible. You both do it with very with a lot of grace as well. Definitely from the outside, it looks like maybe maybe behind <laughs> the scenes, not so much. You know, from the outside, it's very graceful. <laughs> There's a lot of downing melatonin to sleep and sleeping in the pillows. You know, so wait, see, are you gotta find the therapy. Yeah, you gotta find the therapy that works for you. <laughs> Interesting. I found it really fascinating. Thank you so much for both of you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to um, come on our podcast. It's been it's been very cool. And um, I mean, anyone who's listening, just make sure you rate and review our podcast today. But thank you so much, Jill and Viv. This has been really cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. For thank you for having us. us. Yeah. It's good to see your faces, and this has been a lot of fun. Aww. Yeah. And congrats yes. on Pitta Party. Thank you. So well. yeah. I know. It's yeah, it's getting it's getting bigger and bigger. It's all it's all been a very steep learning curve, but we're really enjoying oh, it. Yes. Now I'm just like, can I go into a, do I get a second life? And now I can be a TV producer. I would love it. I think I honestly think you'd both be great. You'd both be great TV producers. Thank you. You're good with people. Agreed. You're good making things happen. We might be better in front of the camera, though. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe a second life. But yeah, thank you both, ladies, for joining. And I'm glad Ali River was feeling a bit better and you could join us. Yes. Yes. She's my lightness. Excited (laughs) to see what you guys get up to next. Thanks, Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.